0: Hi, my name's Hannah the Planner. I help municipalities, developers, and designers to create healthy and playful cities to live, work, and grow up in. On this episode with Mustafa, we talk about why play is so important for cities, the impact of feeling and empathising with people and places in urban practice, and an opportunity for you to come together with cities and urban practitioners all around the world by submitting your inspiring example of playful placemaking as part of the Real Play City Challenge enjoy
1: thank you so much for listening to urbanistica podcast i am mustafa sharif and urban planner and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities please don't forget to follow urbanistica on the different social media platforms and also let's connect on linkedin Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, AFRI. AFRI is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. I have the pleasure to welcome you, Hannah, to Urbanistica podcast. Hey and welcome.
0: Thank you. Happy to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I feel, I actually feel quite excited <laughs> and chatty, <laughs> literally, It's a little bit hectic. <laughs>
1: so so where, where are you now? In which city, Hannah?
0: Uh, I'm right now sat in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, um, where I've been living for about six years. Nice,
1: nice. So a lot of things uh, going on now, like you have so many projects and things to do. Yeah,
0: I have a lot of personal things to do. I'm in the middle of um, moving house, (laughs) these kind of things, uh, which is part of the hectic part I mentioned. And um, yeah, different projects popping up. Lots of changes, actually, in work and um, exciting new things getting going.
1: That's super cool. So where are you moving? Like, are you moving out of the country or like the same city? So
0: I'm moving to, so I've been living in the same place in Amsterdam for about six years now and in the same apartment also. And I'm going to be moving in with my partner, um, but also into a community house, big house in like a... What? <laughs> near the woods. <laughs> with like 14 people i think the youngest person is 10 weeks old and the oldest person is in their 70s
1: like within within the same house or like different
0: within the same house so like different <laughs> <Wow>. apartments shared <laughs> kitchens shared spaces shared garden um,
1: this is super interesting yeah I'm excited. maybe 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 yeah maybe hannah like let's see how is the experience will go but like uh if you want like i will be more than happy to do a podcast about it like about this experience moving in a house with 14 other people that you don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm
0: curious i actually um i like i i have a feeling that like the more mixed the demographic in a house the more sustainable it is so i'm like curious to see if that works out
1: yeah let's see But is, is it is it common common thing to do like this kind of housing,
0: yeah fairly common i actually i've done more community living when i was living in london um but that was also a cost reason so we would pile a bunch of people into a house because it was way too expensive to find an apartment in london actually featured in a newspaper uh, the sunday times once as one of seven people living in a house who couldn't afford to live in a house if we didn't live with seven people um but i enjoy it yeah i feel i enjoy being social with people and sharing common spaces so
1: but let's let's do the podcast later then. nice Hannah, you, you are our storyteller. Uh, how would you like to introduce yourself and and tell us about your passion?
0: Yeah, thank you. Um okay, so um yeah, my name is Hannah Wright. I'm known as Hannah the Planner, which actually started off as a joke because I, <laughs> my studies were in urban <laughs> planning. Um Uh, And I was an urban planner for quite some years. That's my background. Uh, And Hannah the planner was words that I was trying to avoid the first time I was introducing myself professionally. And then in the end, it turned out to be my freelance business name, Um, quite memorable. Um, So I'm an an urban planner and also a knowledge and design integrator. And I have now about a decade of experience turning usually turning research projects into some kind of reality. And I do that through um, guidance, through policy guidance, visioning, strategy, and also design initiatives um, in international contexts. So um, most of my work um, now is based on the things I I love most, which is uh, healthy cities and also child-friendly cities, um, which I got to simply from my own experiences of Care, like caring about nature, noticing how much the city influenced my health and well being, and um also people coming to me and saying, Hey, health is important, kids are also important, shouldn't more people think about this? And I was like, Yeah, definitely, let's do something about it.
1: When we like when when, when we say play and, and playful cities, what do we mean by by play in cities?
0: Yeah, so um so play, I'm talking about like the the instinctive and spontaneous, like life response to life, <laughs> way of living life, um that's voluntary, and it's also like um, it's also a fundamental human right. Um, so it's a it's a vital part of how we interact day to day with other people, but also with ourselves, um, and it and it comes very naturally to us. It's like breathing. Um, it's like smiling. It's like incredibly important for. Um, yeah, for our own life experience. Um, so that's that's what I mean by play. And I then, play.
1: so it's not like like the 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 play as how we usually picture it, like a playground, and you jump and move physically.
0: Yeah. So uh, so this is one of the uh, challenges I first tried to address. So, <laughs> the play, so playing playing yeah. can look like very many different things. Um, so the yeah. things that you mentioned, yes, absolutely. Um, but we yeah. we do it all day, every day. Um, definitely as kids especially as kids but we do it throughout our lives as well um so it means uh definitely not just what happens on the playground but like literally how you move through the city so if you're running or jumping or walking or singing or um looking around or socializing with other people all of that is part of play
1: so like every every physical activity we do is could be part of a play
0: yeah and also uh, other like um, creative activities as well, um, musical activities, uh, uh, also like smelling, um, smelling the herb garden on the way to, how that's also like part of play. It's, it's like a very, very broad experience.
1: And when, when, you, when we usually like talk about play or use word play, we, we, we start to picture kids as well. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's related to children and some children, not maybe so much for us adults but when we start to, to talk about like playful cities and playing cities what's in it for us adults what, what what is the benefit for us
0: yeah so i think um so one of the challenges i think we have as adults is that we forget um we forget how to play um and we also forget what it's like to be a kid um which is very important because many of us will grow up to be caring for kids at some point in our lives um and one of the reasons that play is so important is, is simply that, is that we forget how important it is. Um, so, like, play has its own benefits for kids um, in developing all the skills and resilience, um, the creativity, the innovation, the, um, the ability to deal with life challenges, like, for your, for your own life challenges. Um, and for adults, that also passes on, like, so if we play as kids, we will also grow up to be more resilient adults. Um, but also, if adults experience kids playing in the streets, that also has a huge impact on our well-being. If you imagine um, a public space where there are no kids or that it's, you know, there's few people around, um, that's going to be far less safe feeling than when there are kids playing. You might be more prompted to strike up a conversation with a stranger or to um, interact somehow playfully yourself. So. It kind of builds um a trust and a neighborliness. It brings some kind of social cohesion and it brings some relief to deal with like the stresses of the city <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah.
1: True. Maybe this one this question is a philosophical. Do you think that we adults for, for forgot how to play or we know how to play, but we don't do that?
0: Mm. I don't think we actually forgot how to play. I think it's just like been put out of our mindset. Like it's it's right there. It's kind of it's, it's an instinct, you can't take it away. Um, but I think that um, there are different pressures that you experience as you grow up, um, especially when you're living in a city, it could be you know, making ends meet, uh, working, juggling different priorities, the pace of, of uh, contemporary life, um, mental stress, um, anxiety, all of these things, they, they contribute to reducing that uh, natural instinct. Um, and in the same way that we need to make space for creativity, we would need to make space for play as well.
1: True, because like we, we, we have it somewhere, but it's not in our prior list. Like usually I, I do like some kind of um, child-friendly city workshops. And when we start talking about like the the past and their childhood, everyone like smiling and, mm. and talking, you know? So it's easy, like you can see it in their eyes. They, they, they know, and they, they have been experiencing this, but it's just like not on our... Uh, Prior, at least as yeah. adults you know and, and it's, it's very sad
0: yeah and like you said like it's it's very healing for people even to talk about how they how they used to play um, yeah, yeah yeah and then if you engage in it as well it you know it's um it's a great stress regulator but as i said like because it, it does kind of heal some of the challenges that we might also experience in the city fabric like maybe there is like um polarization in the city or maybe it's been hit big conflict or you know, all these different things. There it can also have a huge role in in healing certain traumas and making sure that they're not passed on to the next generation or at least giving us a chance of that happening.
1: Exactly. And Hannah, like why why use placemaking uh, for creating a playful places? Why just like not just but placemaking?
0: Yeah. So um placemaking I really like um because it's a great way of catalyzing action. Um and uh, because it's like quick and light and cheap, it's very easy to bring something into um, into the public realm quickly and to demonstrate what's actually possible. So, um, it's if you couldn't convince a mayor to create um, more natural, uh, less car dominant, um, more social public spaces for uh, climate change reasons or for I don't know um, transport lobby reasons you will be able to convince them when you get a bunch of kids playing out on the street Um, and uh, like that is like that and also the way people feel and the response like the realization that people have when they come together and that the community um, can experience that and then ask for more of it is really really powerful yeah it works as a great catalyst
1: yeah. Do you do you like work a lot with with the placemaking? how or, or how close your project are to placemaking as a method?
0: Yeah, um so I've done some placemaking projects um, myself. Um and often I'm um I'm trying to connect placemakers together. So there are um there are many people who are who are trying to make efforts in creating healthier child friendly cities uh, like around the world. Um and they're all making you know Uh, inspiring examples, inspiring case studies that are all quite different, depending on the culture and the context and what's happening in in those places. Um, And what I like to try to do is to share some of that knowledge and share those experiences. um, so that people can feel that they're not alone in in doing this and that they can learn from each other about what is working and what is not working um, and support each other in in bringing that together. Um,
1: How do you do that? Like, um, how do you share? Is it like um, social media or yeah? No, I,
0: so, so some, some of the projects that I've been working on. So um, I did that already um, back at AREP with designing for urban childhoods. Um, this was a, a publication that um, we made to try and put on the agenda um, for more people to be thinking about um, urban childhoods. And there, we we pulled out a bunch of inspiring case studies about what was possible um, hmm. to try and get things, you know, get the momentum moving. Um, and and show the rationale for it. Um, And since then, I've also worked on projects like with Urban 95 or on the Real Place City Challenge that I'll talk about a bit as well, where um, I'm I'm trying to learn from all these different people and then share the knowledge on on some kind of like international platform. So telling their experiences and sharing them to different audiences. So it means connecting with placemakers, but also my role is um, connecting placemakers with decision makers. So cities, do you have space to create some of these placemaking initiatives? And um, if you're struggling to create that space, can I help you to navigate your governmental organization to, you know, to make it happen? Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. So based on your like experience and working with so many different organizations and partners, what should we as urban practitioners stop doing when we plan and design cities?
0: So stop making any assumption that other people are like we are or think the way we think spatially or otherwise um, to um kind of be aware start becoming more and more aware that every everybody has different priorities and different perspectives on the cities and it's important for us to design for those different perspectives and most people are not urban planners, most people are not architects and it requires a different way of thinking, um, or at least an awareness of those different priorities um, that people might have in the different experiences that they have. So we have the skills to influence their, um, their journeys through the city or their, um, their movements through the city every day and we have a responsibility to do that, also adults have a responsibility to do that for kids um and uh i would love to yeah encourage more understanding of the different ways that people behave and why
1: do we need to learn a new skill or skills in order to do that or do we have the skills what do you think
0: um i think something that's great to develop is um is empathy um so again it's like this this understanding of um the different ways that people behave and and why that is and also to to take that with a compassionate perspective um like understanding like the real challenges of getting from a to b with a 3 year old um or several <laughs> children um or doing that on your way to work um or making a like a, a commute on a very busy train or you know um dealing with air pollution, like all of these things are super challenging. Um, and if we can take the time to to understand that and to actually have a conversation about it, um, I think that the the planning and design decisions that we're proposing or that we're making will also be more compassionate and more healing as an in, as in effect. So I would encourage that kind of same empathic, same playful <laughs> um way of doing things as well as the actions that we take. I, I think it's also normal for um, you know, like if you if you meet a new person, um when you connect with them, you hear their story. Like okay, all these stories that you're telling on your podcast, um you're opened up, or I'm opened up at least, for hearing those stories and hearing those experiences. Um, and I want to respond to them, and my life is different and transformed for the experience of hearing those stories. And I think the same thing uh, happens when you're when you're in a city, when you're in a, when you're in a place. You can have a conversation with that place. It can tell you something. And if you listen to it and you learn from it, the way you interact it with it through planning and design will in turn be more empathic, be more connected, be more in tune yeah, exactly. with what's needed there.
1: Yeah it's like it's a main it's a very big part of this building up this skills or learning this is like just by by listening and hearing and and, and trying to be in another people perspective and not only from from ours like could be by reading or by listening to other stories or or just like thinking right like yeah. Re- reflecting
0: yeah just taking the time to be aware something fun i made um uh, just in the past year was actually is a guided experience for uh, urban practitioners, um, where I guide them to go and stand on a street corner in their neighbourhood and to open up all their senses and experience what it's like to feel with all those different parts, you know, how is the city influencing me and then identify what are the different parts of the city that are contributing and how can I as an urban practitioner better uh, make better decisions to improve those experiences.
1: That's so, so cool, no?
0: Yeah, like a secret meditation for <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Super interesting. Let's talk about Real Play City Challenge. So, like, to start with, what is, what is the aim of the Real Play City Challenge?
0: Yeah, so the Real Play City Challenge is an international competition. And it's uh, designed to help cities overcome pressing global challenges in their local communities um, and to do that through playful placemaking.
1: And who's like behind this challenge? Like who is the, what do you call it, like partners or organization?
0: Yeah, so it's a, it's a competition that's led by the Real Play Coalition. And that includes Arup, uh Inca Group or IKEA, Lego Foundation, National Geographic and UNICEF and uh, Placemaking X, so Real Play Coalition and Placemaking X. And uh, this time Placemaking X is being represented by Stepo and Huasi Pichanga. So a lot of people behind this challenge all coming together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but what, like what was the, um, the background of this story of creating yeah. this challenge?
0: Yeah, so um, the, the challenge kind of came together because the Real Play Coalition believe that play is like an essential, um, is essential for children to thrive. Um, They understand the importance of play and they also understand that many urban environments are lacking opportunities for children to play. Um, And uh, at Placemaking X, with some colleagues, we got together um, a few years back thinking how can we help more urban practitioners to think about um, playful placemaking, to think about child-friendly urban planning. And we started to think about um, all of the different inspiring examples that are going on around the globe and trying to bring those together um, and learn from each other like I described before. So we knew that there were a lot of people um, making these efforts, we knew that there were a lot of people struggling with transforming why we should do it into how we do it well and creating a real impact for kids Um, and we wanted to of gather those efforts and also team up with other um organizations that that knew the importance of it to do it better and so with the uh with play x and the real play coalition we came together to create this challenge as a way of gathering very inspiring case uh, case studies um sharing that knowledge and learning together and then optimizing the potential to scale up the efforts that are already happening around the world
1: yeah, and like, who is who is the target group that you're targeting with this challenge?
0: Yeah, so there are um, there are two groups that are invited to um, to participate or to make applications for the challenge: that's uh, city and placemakers. So placemaking and citywide initiatives. And the reason for that is because the challenge is trying to set out how cities um, can benefit from um, supporting placemaking initiatives through city-wide frameworks. So when you have these two energies of um, community-led, locally-driven uh, challenges being addressed, uh, more strateg- like also supported by this more strategic city scale on global issues, it strengthens. So cities are like local governments or municipalities, um, decision-makers, could be mayors, public servants, local authorities, these types of organizations. And then placemakers or urban practitioners. So, anybody who's working in an urban area, it includes urban planners, designers, architects, developers, public space activists, social innovators, schools, mm. community organizations, artists, anybody that is um, creating play where they live.
1: Yeah. Should it be like only based on a placemaking as a method or not? It could be anything but just related to this topic.
0: Um, so uh, the important thing is that it creates a place for play, so it needs to have this yeah. kind of spatial element to it, and then we really try to encourage um the placemaking element um as this kind of energizing local quick uh changing public realm and type of initiative, yeah, so you yeah. should have those elements as well
1: yeah so how how does it work like if you explain to us the process uh let's say I'm listening to you now, I'm super interested in this, and I have a project to submit, so how is the process
0: yeah, so um the, the competition is open now until the 4th of September. Um, right now, there are different webinars and podcasts going on um, opportunities to ask questions about the challenge and to find out more about the themes of the challenge. Um, we ask for submissions from cities and placemakers until the 4th of September. And then um, there are, uh, there's a jury that will create a short list uh, of finalists um, Examine like how they're addressing these different themes, and um, they'll be announced at Placemaking Week Europe, which is in Pontevedra in Spain. Um, and after that, there will be winners announced in November, who uh, can then get together through some online sessions.
1: Nice. Uh, you mentioned there there will be a theme, specific theme for this uh, year challenge. What is the, what is the theme?
0: Yeah. So so the overall theme is um, about local communities dealing with global challenges. Um, but there are kind of urgent topics that have been identified to help address some of those themes and there's three of those. So the first one is about places where play heals people. We spoke a bit about this. So this is particularly looking for placemaking place-making initiatives that are making a difference in cities that are affected by conflict or migration or a disaster. Um, then there are places where play supports climate action. So, this is um, initiatives that might add nature based play or advocate for climate action while reclaiming play in the city, combining those two together for benefiting the people and the planet. And um, the third one is places where play unites us all. So, inspiring examples that show the way forward in providing inclusive play opportunities in cities and neighborhoods and doing more of this kind of social cohesion part.
1: So, like uh, three different themes or sub themes right
0: yeah yeah
1: and should my like should if i want to submit a project as a listener like should it be related to one theme or i can apply like to three different or
0: three of the same um i like ideally it should address at least one theme and if it takes into account or considers the other themes it's a benefit so that's part of the kind of criteria how well do you address all of these different things where possible or how well could you
1: yeah and what do you like what do you require as a submission like uh, pictures um like what kind of material do you require now i'm getting like to to the details
0: (laughs) to apply um you submit your initiative via a google form and also include a short video with a presentation of your project those things you can find on the website
1: yeah that's it Mm -hmm. cool (laughs) nice and and like uh Creating these themes, I know like you're you there are many organizations behind this challenge, so how was the process of creating uh, these the 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 themes
0: mm, yeah so um yeah, it's really like looking at um what all of these different organizations see as like the pressing challenges and the more strategic challenges that are, that are going on and that everyone is um, battling with at the moment um and because um, yeah, because there are kind of more strategic um, effects of conflict and displacement around the world. Uh, climate change is an obvious topic, and play is much more um, effective if it can support the diverse and varied needs of the local community. It's, yeah, these are all like important factors for play to be really integrated. I think in in the fabric of city life and civic life. Um, and also to make those efforts more effective still.
1: How many years have been this challenge on like, going on? Is it like super new or like?
0: Yeah, so this is the second edition. Uh, the first one started in 2020. Um, so 2020 to 2021, we did an online <laughs> edition um, adapting best we could. Um, yep, and then we had like a year to digest and this year is the second edition being launched. So every two years so far. <laughs>
1: Nice. So, Hannah, like, tell us uh, about the winner from the previous uh, competition.
0: Yeah. Um, so, in 2020, we had um, 10 different winners from six like different continents. Win- winners?
1: Winners or finalists?
0: Uh, winners. Winners. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, there were um, uh, there were 10 people who got either, like, a, a winning winning or a special mention. Um, four different cities and six different place making initiatives, and they really were from all around the world um, and the city wide initiatives uh, ranged from the winning initiative which was Tirana in Albania, where they have developed like a, a city vision um, across the, across the whole city um, and a way to create safe green spaces for children <clears throat> and also to um, regenerate schoolyards into community centers, um, those types of aspects more strategically. Um, But also the special mentions included um, a strategy in a Fuera strategy in Zapopan, Mexico, where they were um, creating a co-design model with the community with children to really take their um, um, opinions into account democratically. Um, To um, Lima, Peru, where they're creating these kind of uh child friendly, green, safe, inclusive public spaces to um pop up initiatives, um like one in Istanbul, um where they were creating um play opportunities out of like um like easily found materials. These were like the city initiatives, so they were quite diverse yeah. in the types of yeah. efforts they were making. You
1: can see like so so like basically the competition is not only for uh, cities within Europe, right? It's worldwide. Oh no, it's
0: really yeah it's really all around the world. Yeah.
1: So any any city could apply for, yeah. for this competition
0: yeah absolutely any city that cares about um about these issues and wants to do something about it is really welcome to apply and then the winning placemakers um they were like demonstrating the value of these kind of uh, locally driven initiatives as well we had three winners and three special mentions and i'll just mention like a couple of them but they again they ranged from different ways of scaling your play opportunities so Um, One was a BRAC community-based play lab, um, which was um, putting play at the heart of uh, disadvantaged areas socioeconomically um, and scaling it up in Bangladesh, Um, to uh, an initiative called PLAN, uh, which is creating an app to help to um, develop their uh, learning from playful learning environments, to uh, Noodle Cart, which is a, um, like an inclusive flat-packed, Loose parts play cards, which can be wheeled into the most difficult of environments and opportunities for play in a split second, so there's like again very diverse initiatives and they're all trying to um, spread their initiatives um, further
1: but can we find like read about the different projects somewhere on online or
0: yeah, you can find out about all the um actually all the documents all of the um materials from last year, the winners, uh, the lessons learned, they're all on the website. So that's www.worldplayseekerchallenge.org.
1: Yeah, I can I can put it in the episode description. Uh, I was talking also about like the, the deadlines. Um, can you mention it one more time to us? Like what are the coming?
0: Yeah, the most important deadlines. So um, the detailed <laughs> deadlines you'll find on the website, but the most important one is the 4th of September. 2022 that's your deadline for submitting your initiative via the google form which is what you need to answer the questions and drop us your video
1: and this should be like i cannot nominate a project it should be like by a person who works actually with this project yeah right
0: Yeah, if you want to nominate a project, I would recommend getting in touch with that person (laughs) (laughs) and encouraging them to do it. Yeah, we're looking for people who are really working on it and uh, who can uh, contribute to the efforts that are being made.
1: So 4th of September is the deadline and like from the 4th until the 27th Placemaking Week is like the jury work, right?
0: Yeah, the jury work and the shortlisting time and then from Placemaking Week until November, the uh, winners will be announced publicly.
1: Okay, so the announcement is going to be in November, like Mm -hmm. for the winners.
0: Yeah.
1: Super cool. I'm I'm really excited about this, like looking forward to follow this journey. What do you think? Are you going to get like many applications, not so many? What do you think?
0: I don't know. I hope... Uh, I would be really happy with like very diverse applications um,
1: from different cities and yeah, yeah
0: yeah different all the different ways that you can create play that would be inspiring for me to see
1: yeah like when you say ways you mean like policies or hands on project or what kind of projects
0: yeah just like the um, both i think actually so yeah if it's cities like how can you be innovative and how are you responding to your context and like how are you taking your challenges into account all of that will be very unique i think to each yeah, place yeah um, nice yeah so i'm I'm curious to, to hear what impacts people think they can have um, when they're making
1: the yeah and like are you willing to continue with this competition like next year as well or it's like just something uh for these two years
0: yeah i mean we started off in 2020 with the idea that it was you know it was a challenge and we'll see what happens and um we were really inspired by um by the response and by the impact that it had so um yeah it's step by step but uh of course we're open to expanding further and also encouraging more people to get on board yeah yeah, yeah.
1: so so the last uh, let's say the last words about uh this competition so uh, why should I like as a listener submit my project so mm. what do you tell
0: to the listener okay so this would be an opportunity for you to um to share about what you're doing and to share that with a really global audience um so you have access to a group of very diverse organizations who care about what you're doing and who want to help you <laughs> do it better um and also to meet a, a whole bunch of people who are trying similar things and who might be facing similar challenges so that you can do it together
1: awesome thank you so much hannah i'm, I'm re- really looking forward to 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 follow the competition and hopefully maybe like later on i'm just adding more episode to you like <laughs> following, <laughs> following up um, with the winners like uh, yeah. the winners you it know happens. like and why and like, what is jury motivation and so on, like to, to follow up the story as well.
0: Yeah, that would be great.
1: Yeah. So now moving to the final section of this episode, and uh, it's going to be more um, questions about your reflections and so on. So the first question is about uh, future. So can you, can you, how do you imagine a future city from the playful city perspective, like in the 20. Uh, like, wait, wait, 100 years from now, like 2,122. So how do you imagine the city?
0: I would love to, I'm going to take it back to what I was saying about like really going out on a street corner and experiencing how a city feels. Um, And I think for me, something radical that could happen is that there is far less traffic, um, far fewer cars. Uh, and exhaust fumes that are influencing us so what that would mean is that like you could be outside um, listening to the sounds of kids playing um, and speaking to your neighbor without having to raise your voice it could mean that you feel fresh air in your lungs maybe even the smell of nature (laughs) as you breathe um, rather than you know air conditioning vents or (laughs) exhaust fumes um, and that's um, there are many people, most people, who feel really comfortable um, letting go of their children's hands so that they can play, and even joining in to Even can imagine joining in to play with the kids <laughs> of all different ages.
1: Yeah, like in, in in order to be there or to get to this kind of city, what what challenges that we need to address and work on? Like if, yeah. you, if you like mentioned top three challenges that we really should address and, and work hard to pass these challenges?
0: Yeah. Um, so one, I think, really important challenge is like a systematic one, um, is that the, um, the budgets that might make some of these projects available don't naturally fit in specifically dedicated budgets for play. It tends to fall between the gaps and yet it benefits all of these different um, funding pots. So um, climate change, health, transport, um, all cultural budgets. All of these can contribute to play, and it's um, it's also quite a challenge to draw them together to bring it into one of these projects. So part of the challenge is integrating it across these different um, disciplines, so that it doesn't fall between the gap, but it becomes a glue for all of those um, initiatives to work better together. That's one of the challenges, I think, systematically. Um, and another one is. Um, is about awareness is about empathy it's about um really experiencing these different places so decision makers who have an influence i really want to get them outside you know in those places with kids um with different ages of people with from different backgrounds to feel how it is once you experience that you don't change back you know and that has like a very positive influence on decision making as well um and then i think something that is uh, also challenging the placemaking more generally but also the um, place, playful place placemaking is the um is the need to quickly respond and adapt using whatever materials you you have um and to do so also in changing political environments or changing um uh, climatic environments um yeah to really keep the motivation to to make an effort, whatever that effort is, however big or small, and to trust that it will have enough on effect. True.
1: And Hannah, like, I get this question. Now I'm, I want to ask you this. Like, usually people say um, that, like, child-friendly city topic is big and I'm not really a specialist in this. I cannot talk with children. I don't know, like, how, how to, to, to think about this perspective. And I'm like, it's for some, urban practitioner it feels like this topic is it's too big and they need really to have the, the enough good skills to to work with it mm. so like my first reply is for this question is that like uh, i was not born with this child-friendly city skills or perspective you know so now i'm asking yeah. you like how how do you encourage people to 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 start thinking more about this this topic specifically and develop their skills within this topic
0: yeah yeah, how was just, it for you? Like, how was yeah, it for you? I would say the same. Like I wasn't uh I didn't set out to be a child-friendly urban planner. It <laughs> yeah. just happened because I found it important and wanted to give attention to it. So um uh I can appreciate that people want to do it well and that you know it seems um from the response that you're getting that people care a lot about the impact that they have on children in childhood. I think that's a great first start. If you care about it, you're more likely to have a better influence. Um and I would say that uh, there are there are many people who do know um, I'm not an expert in child development or psychology, um, but I have worked with people and asked questions to people who are experts and who care about it as well and the knowledge that I built up is simply by giving it some time and attention in my day to day work and by asking questions and finding people who can give me the answers um, i I prefer to um, choose not to assume that I know what is best, but to find out what's important to find out, what's important to ask and then to ask for help from all these different experts and what they think and to try something and learn from it as you go. So as long as you're open to this um, evolution of learning and evaluating and being honest about that, um, better to make a Bit, to make an effort and to see what works and what doesn't then to make it like difficult.
1: do you feel alone like when you work with this like aspect of urban planning or there are so many experts
0: yeah um there's a lot i started working on this about five years ago it seems like there's a lot more people now about um i'm very happy for that. be yeah. very happy people friendly people um yeah so I I feel there's more and more people who who can um, make some of these efforts and it seems to be for me to be shifting from trying to convince people that it's important to people knowing it's important and being like hey how Um, and I think that's a positive shift
1: yeah because I'm also like um, how to say I see more people are interested in this I'm following the child-friendly cities hashtag on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and I think for one year ago there were only 50 people now there are so many like hundreds of people following this hashtag so i'm also like mm. watching the numbers you know yeah and and interesting to see like um many initiative uh, competitions awards also about this topic it's, it's very helpful to to raise the awareness
0: yeah it is and i think it's also becoming more common like there are more articles written about it in more um broader media as well which also helps to spread the awareness i think actually one of the things that's a bit tricky is that um, uh, is that we've kind of spread the work on child-friendly cities beyond our current community and our current network um, to really reach people who are having all kinds of influence on decision making. Uh, I think that's also the central of this challenge to kind of um, step outside of the people we already know in our existing network and to um, yet also therefore challenge ourselves on these perspectives uh learn more about what people need to be able to take it up
1: yeah but then like it's super cool for you because you get in touch with so many people like by the real ACt city challenge right when you yeah. get so many different projects
0: yeah that's great then yeah then it's just really exciting to see what everyone's up to um yeah i find it very inspiring and very motivating as well to keep going
1: true and and i i totally agree with you actually about that uh we we know like about the what and the why because there are so many researchers about sh- telling like why why it's important uh, and showing numbers and all of these facts and science based the research. Now it's more like about the why. How do we like transform our cities? Yeah, to make them more child friendly. So this is like what we deal with now.
0: Yeah, yeah it is. And yeah. um, I think uh, trying to encourage people to be honest about what what is not working as well as what is working and and why. So that it can be
1: improved as we go yes and uh, yeah super interesting and i'm 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 happy to have this conversation with you and now we have the last two questions and Mm -hmm. the first one is going to be about you giving me and the listeners three takeaway messages related to this topic
0: yeah so uh takeaway messages um feel Um, get outside in the city and, and feel, um, open your senses, uh, empathize with different people, notice like the transformation inside you as you do. So that's, uh, that's my kind of desire. <laughs> <laughs> um, the urban practitioners. Um, second takeaway message is that um, we can make a uh, much greater impact better together. Um, so that's what the real place to challenge and some of my other work is trying to do um, to bring people together. Um, so you're not alone in trying to make these efforts. There are many people out there who are trying to do what you're doing and who would love to help. And my third takeaway message is. Try. apply to the challenge. put yourself out there.. yeah. Interesting. So feel, come together and try. And
1: try, yeah. <laughs> try to come together and feel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fumble around as humans do, yeah. and we'll play in the meantime.
1: True. So, and the last question is going to be you asking it to me and to the listeners. So what is your question to us?
0: Yeah. Um, my question would be what are the most pressing um challenges that you have when you're trying to do this and ha- what help do you need so i would love to hear from people what yeah what do they need to be able to do this better uh, or what's stopping them from trying um, so that we can try and uh, provide some of that support
1: yeah awesome thank you so much hannah and uh, thank you for giving your time i know it's summer time and uh, but i'm really happy to record this with you and hopefully, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to see all the projects coming out from the competition. So, thanks for sharing with
0: us. Thank you very much. Happy to welcome you.